Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. We've chosen to be here today, and I thank God for that. I thank God for what it means to be able to worship with his people. Uh, I thank you for what it means to be the body of Christ and what it means for us to know and understand how much Jesus loves us and the care that he has for us. Uh, the last four weeks we've been looking at what uh, the light is all about. We'll talk about that tonight a little bit more, but not much. But the message is pretty simple. You can tell by the way the candles have burned. We started with hope. It's not that we're running out of hope, but the light of hope is the light that the church has used for years as a demonstration of what it means for us to understand there's a promise God has for us and a love that he's demonstrated that we would know that and experience it. From there we went, <clears throat> excuse me, we went to that next candle, which was the candle of, of joy that comes to us, that relationship that we have of understanding what, we'll talk about that in just a second, what a real joy it is to know Christ and to be in him. The peace that comes to us is a peace that's not like what the world offers. The peace is a peace that we have with God, that we're no longer at war with him. But then I thank God for the last, the last candle. If you don't know what the tallest one here is, it's the love candle. And we understand what God's love is about. Remember how Paul explained that to us? Well, how does it go? These three still remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's the reason there's a center candle. And that's the message that God seeks to share with each of us, that we would remember the love that he has for us and of the hope that he seeks to place in our lives and what it means for us to know and understand that relationship we have. Because God would desire that we know and love him the same way that he knows and loves us. And he's known us since before we were born. And he reminds us of that love that he has for us and of the relationship that we seek to have with him. For centuries, cynics have looked at God's gift of love with a jaded eye. Uh, think about what happened even in God's word. You see it lived out. Remember what happened with Abraham? When the angel came to him and told him at 100 years that his 90-year-old wife was going to have a baby, he fell down laughing. Uh, he couldn't talk for a while. Ladies, I know you probably would appreciate that in your husbands if you have one here this morning, uh, that they couldn't talk for a while. But the message was pretty simple. God took that response from Abraham pretty sternly. Uh, and Abraham was cynical of what God could do. When we look at the life of Gabriel, as Gabriel shares with Mary the message of what the baby is uh, coming to her is all about, remember what Mary's response was? How can this be? There are things in this world we don't understand. There are things that we can't begin to lay our hands on to try to figure out what to do or how to do them. But God explained through Gabriel the plan that he had for Mary to be a vessel to be a source of the life that is his and the hope that is his. 
We think about all throughout God's, even Nicodemus, as Jesus came to him and asked him that question. Talk to him about what it meant to be born again. How did Nicodemus respond? How can a man be born again? Must he enter into his mother's womb a second time? And Jesus lays it on Nicodemus and talks to him about what it means not to understand the message that God has tried to share with us for generations. And yet the world is no less cynical today than it was 2,000 years ago and looks at the circumstances and the, and the lives that we leave and all those things that are in our hearts and, look, and makes Christmas something that it's not. These candles, more importantly, these lives are to be lights of life that shine in a dark world that share the message of the promise that God has for us to make our lives full in Him, that we would understand what it means to be in Him and to know the love that He has for us. And in knowing that love, that you and I would share that love with a world that is desperately searching for it, longing for it. And we have the answer, and that is Christ Jesus. We see that answer in the gift that God shares with us. Look with me again back at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Word was God and with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. In Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Some of you are old enough to remember Ralph not Hoagie, Ralph Carmichael's song. Uh, I'm looking to see, I'm looking, where's Robert? He's back there. He knows it. Robert knows it. In the stars, his handiwork, I see. There's a line in it, there's a line in it where he says this. I will celebrate nativity for it has its place in history. I love this response. Sure, he came to set his people free. What is that to me? He hit the nail on the head, Carmichael did, for a lot of people in the world today. They believe that Jesus lived. They believe that Jesus did great things. They believe that Jesus taught, that Jesus shared, that Jesus maybe even healed people. But that's enough. That's where the story ends for too many people. And we end up doing that, doing that, having that relationship, having that kind of attitude towards what God's love is all about. We miss the message. And the message is of God looking at us and recognizing the needs that we have. He knows the pain that is ours. He knows the hurt that we go through. He knows those disappointments that are in our lives. And he seeks to remind us constantly of the love that he has for us and the presence that is ours in him. That's why he begins in the beginning since the foundation of the world God has loved you and God cares about you and he seeks to help you to understand what that love is all about that's the truth of his word lived out in us when we understand the message of what it was about every time we see that love every time we experience it we're reminded of God's presence in our lives Jesus is God's gift of love. If you look at that first verse, you'll see the message is pretty simple. The Word was. The Word was. The Word was. 
And in each of those instances, we see how those hopes were fulfilled, of how God sought to share with us the gift of life, God's love eternally, God's love relationally, God's love with no separation, God's love in a presence in our lives. Philip asked Jesus if he could see the Father. Do you remember that story? It's in John 14, verse 9. This is how Jesus responded to Philip. He said, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing this. That message that Jesus shared, this is, a, this is a really cool thing. It's amazing when you think about it. The message that Jesus shared with Philip is the same message that he seeks to share with every believer that here, is here today. And he tells us that he is with us. He is in us. He was, he was, he was. And the message is relational. And it's about what it know, means for us to know God's love, to experience that through the difficulties that life brings, through those trials that are ours, a reminder for us to live in the relationship that we have with Jesus eternally. That's the hope, and that's the message that Philip couldn't understand. And sometimes what happens in our lives, and even my life, we forget. We forget what God has done for us. But we also see that Jesus is the creator. Look at verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. On December 9th, two, I'm looking at Karen here. Be sure I got it right. December 9th, 2015, Julian and Felix were born. The twins that are Anne and Sebastian's little boys, they weighed eight pounds apiece. Now, I remember those little boys, as big as they were, they couldn't do anything for themselves. There's only one, actually I was going to say, there's two things they could do, and they did that very well. Actually, there were three things they did that were very well, and that was to consume large quantities of food. The other is the end result of that. But you know what they couldn't do? They couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't dress themselves, and they couldn't take care of themselves. Bethlehem is a reminder to me of what it means for us to understand. I love that. It's just like on cue, isn't it? What it means for us to understand that God has shown us his love for us in the most obvious of ways. The song that Leah and Robert just sang. Mary was told, but do you think she understood it all? I was told, I've known this relationship with Jesus Christ for over 60 years of my life. And there's so many times when I forget. I forget what the message of God's love is all about. I forget how it's been fulfilled through the hope that he seeks to place in our lives through the joy that he brings to us, through the peace that's presented, and through the love that he's demonstrated. We're called in our lives to understand that this is a relational matter for each one of us.
that we come to Jesus Christ knowing that he loved us and in that relationship we take him into our hearts the creator of the earth it's easy for us to look at babies think about what we think about babies who creates babies the world's attitude is we do that and God's message in John 1 is pretty simple no you didn't I do I created you I know you and I have created the one that is going to be there for you to carry you through the difficulties and trials of the lives that are yours that's what Bethlehem ought to remind us of of what it means to know that God's presence is with us but more importantly that his love is there to sustain us and that in that relationship we live for him not by what we've done but what he's done for us Ephesians 2 8 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast that we have that personal relationship not because of what we've done because we can't feed ourselves we can't take care of ourselves and we have trusted our lives to a savior who seeks to do that for us and it's not a matter of us having the world say a crutch that we lean on it is a life that we live in and that's where the real difference comes for the skeptics of this world, they think that this is just something that you use to get through life. That's not the case. For us as believers, it's a matter of life. That the real life, the real hope, the real relationship we have is in a Savior that showed us what real life is all about. It's about yielding our lives to Him, about trusting Him and about following him and everything we say and do. This is the creator that we follow. The one who created everything that is and was is the Lord that seeks to show and demonstrate that love for us. But he's also the gift of life. In our lives, you don't know it right now, but your life is a generator. Think about that. You know what you do? You generate on a regular basis between 10 and 100 millivolts of electricity every second of your life. What does that electricity do for us? It causes us to be able to do this, to be able to do this. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, maybe, hey, Lord, slow up on that talking thing for Bob right now, but it allows us to do this, right? Where does that come from? What's inside this? Anybody have any idea? I'm looking. Where's anybody up there? I'm looking for one of the kids to give me the answer. I'm looking. Yeah, Ron, you're one of the kids. Give us an answer there, right? Batteries, right? What happens when I push this button? Nothing happens. But something miraculous happens, doesn't it? Usually ours have all run out of batteries, so I checked this one before I came this morning. What happened? This thing became what it was intended to be. I've used these things as hammers before. They don't work very well. 
I've used these things before to pry something out of something. They don't work very well. But if this thing's working the way it's supposed to, it gives light to the world. That's what God seeks to do in your life and mine this morning, to help us realize that He is the one that charges us. He is the one that gives us that gift of love. He's the one that is the creator, and He's the gift of life. Jesus is God's gift of love. Secondly, not everyone accepts the gift. Think about your favorite Christmas movies. I'm sorry about this. I'll try not to be a uh, advertisement for any of those. Miracle on 34th Street. I don't, don't raise your hands. Elf. I'm uh, not much on that one. Uh, the Christmas Story. It's a Wonderful Life. Scrooge. Uh, however you want to do it. But I want you to think about what the basis of each of those movies is about. Each of those movies is about believing when you think about it. Miracle on 34th Street. What is it? Is Chris Kringle real or is he fake? Miss Walker, Susan, Fred, in the state of New York, don't believe in him. But something changes. Elf, all right, I've watched it once or twice, so I kind of know the story. Nothing really happens until uh, Buddy's, I had to think about that one, Buddy's younger brother begins to sing whatever it is. I forgot the song he sings. Somebody probably knows it, but that's okay. Whatever he's singing, he, and then all of a sudden people begin to sing with him, and people believe the Christmas story, what's Ralphie want? A BB gun. Thank you very much. He wants a BB gun. He believes through the whole thing that he's going to get that BB gun. Everything he's doing is about getting that BB gun. A Wonderful Life. That's one of my favorites. George Bailey thinks he's not worth much anything. George, George Bailey, actually, he's a pretty angry guy because he's not gotten what he thinks he wants. But he gets punched in the face and what happens? He stands on a bridge and he prays, help me believe, help me. He believes that there's something that can help him. Scrooge does the same thing. It's the same story. What happens? Humbug. And humbug becomes something different. I do believe. I believe that I, belief is great. But the problem with belief is what do we believe in? What is belief about to us? And that's where John is about to take us, to help us understand what real belief, what real faith is all about. <clears throat> it's a message, again, of God's love for us. Look in John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There are countless people, and maybe you're here this morning, and you're still in the dark. With the lights on and the, all the stuff that's going on around you, you are still in the dark. What is this all about? I'm here because mom and dad asked me to be here. I'm here because I wanted to be with my family during this time of the year. I'm here because I wanted to hear Lee and, 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 and Robert sing. I wanted to hear the choir. I'm here. This is the reason I'm here. There's a call that God has for us to understand that the world is still in darkness. But listen to what he says in verse 9 in John 1. The true light that gives light to every man comes into this world. He was in the world, and although the world was made through him, that's a reference back to John 1.1, 1, 1, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
The world doesn't understand that the light of Christmas and the light of Christ is the light of life that God has shared with us, the hope that is ours. And it's interesting because what he does, he says, this is what John says basically in that passage where he talks about the light. He says the light keeps on shining. You see where it says, uh, this is a gift from God not to works. But, so I, that's Ephesians passage. I was looking, we had the John passage up there. It's okay. But the message is pretty simple in John 1, 5. But the light keeps shining. The light continues to shine. Every day individuals uh, are deciding for themselves whether that light is real to them. Uh, do you believe who Jesus is, what he says about himself, what he's done, the things? And we think about those things and we're not real sure that it's hard for us to believe that a man could do all this. And then the point comes to us that it's not about a man. All of a sudden we realize what it's all about. That that babe in Bethlehem was fully man, but he was also completely God. And that Jesus Christ was able to show and share the light and life that is ours because of his sacrifice, because of his coming. And he put off all that which was godly in his life, those decisions that he could make, those things he could do, and he became as a servant to the Father to obey him and do what he had called him to do, and that was to give his life for us as a sacrifice on Calvary's cross. And there, Robert and Leah, that's a song again. That's the song of what God seeks to help us to understand, that that baby is a gift from God to every one of us that are in this room today because of his love for us, not the other way around. Not because of our love for him, but because of God loving us. And we have that choice. And we choose to either follow him or do things on our own. We choose to become his disciples or we choose to walk in darkness. Isaiah 9, 2. We'll read that passage tonight. Does this sound familiar to you? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. My prayer would be, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you'd understand what this next passage is about. In John 1, verse 12 through 14, Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, not of human decisions, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. That is the message of God's love for us. The steps are pretty simple, that we choose to follow Him. Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Look back at first John 1, verses 12 and following. It's the same message. It's the same hope that we would understand God's love for us, that we would experience that love, and that we would share that love with the world of which we're a part. Jesus shared with Nicodemus these words. I want you to listen to what he says to him. 
If you're here a believer today and you're not sure about where your faith is and where it should be, I want you to listen to this. John 3, verse 10 through 15. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. The message you've heard over and over and over again is of God's love and forgiveness. And yet we forget it. Even at Christmas time, we forget it. But Jesus doesn't stop there with Nicodemus. He says in verse 12, I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one's ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about himself, the Son of Man. Just as Moses was lift, lifted up the snake, in the desert, so the Son of Man came to be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Amen. That is the message of the gospel right there. We forget about what Moses did with the children of Israel, don't we? Remember what happened? The snakes, the deadly snakes they got in the midst of? God told Moses, go ahead and make a snake, a bronze snake, and you put it up on a pole. And all people have to do is look at that. If they're bitten by a snake, and they'll be healed. They'll stay alive. They won't die. That's what Jesus is talking about. Do you know, I guarantee you, there were people who were with that crowd that had left Egypt who said, well, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That I would look at the snake on a pole, and I would think that I would be saved by that snake on a pole. And yet, how many of us go to the doctor on a regular basis, and we look someplace in his office, and you know what you'll see? A snake on a pole. And the message is pretty simple. Even the world has co-opted what the message of God is all about, and the message of God is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus, and he's telling that to each one of us today. If you're here today and you're concerned about your health, and you're concerned about things that are going on in your life that you don't have any control over, God tells us, trust those things to me. Look at the snake on the pole. And Jesus says to each of us, look at me. I'm here. I died for you. I'll be lifted up. Jesus hasn't been crucified yet. But he's going to tell Nicodemus the change that's going to come. We see evidence of Nicodemus' faith in the fact that he was there with Joseph of Arimathea to claim the body of Jesus. Because Jesus, I believe, got through to Nicodemus. Because he told him in John 3.16 something that we ought to all know by heart by now. But that message is so simple, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever looks at that one who's been lifted up, will not perish, but have everlasting life. Because God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Jesus, through him, they might be saved. That is the change that can come in our lives when we put our faith completely in this Lord who gave his life for us. It doesn't mean the problems aren't going to come. 
It doesn't mean the sickness won't be there. Doesn't mean the job loss is still going to happen. Doesn't mean our kids aren't going to get sick. Doesn't mean our parents aren't going to die. Doesn't mean we can't pay the bills. Doesn't mean we just can't get by. We still have accidents. We still fall. All those things still happen. But Jesus says, I'm there with you. And I'll be with you forever. And nothing, nothing will ever take you out of my hands. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That's how much Christ loved each of us. And he calls for each of us to trust him. To take that gift that he's offered us and know that in him is life eternally. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for the hope that you place in our lives, but sometimes, way too often, that hope is misguided. And we hope we'll just make it from one day to the next. Father, we thank you for the joy that you bring to us. But Father, too often in our lives, that joy is just a high. And the next thing happens is there's a crash and we're down at the bottom. Father, we thank you for the peace that is ours. For that peace passes all understanding. And that peace comes from you. Jesus tells us that. My peace, my peace I offer you, not as the world offers, but my peace. But Father, it's all wrapped up in that love. That you love us so much. For God, you love the world so much that you gave your one and only Son to die on Calvary's cross for us. You loved us so much that you sent your Son, the God of creation, to be born in a manger in a stable. A reminder to each of us, Father, it's not about what we do or what we have, but all about the love that you have for us. Help us, Father, to trust you implicitly with everything this morning. If there's someone here today <clears throat> on Christmas Eve that doesn't know that hope, my prayer would be they pray this prayer. Father, I thank you for what you've done for me. I recognize that Christ died on Calvary's cross for me. I believe that he came as a baby in Bethlehem, but that his real job was fulfilled when he said these words, it is finished. For he gave his life for our salvation. And I claim him as my Lord and Savior this very minute. Father, for those of us that have said that many, many years ago and have forgotten what it means, you help us to change our attitude today and to look at the cross and look at the stable and look at the life of the man who loved us so, your Son, our Savior, Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.